words Atlanta sports fans are all too used to hear. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No more fair weather freeloaders. No more. 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up, and it's going! The Falcons are going to the yeah. Super Bowl! The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl! From the Mesmerized Studio in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your hosts, Robert Tate and the Commissioner, Mark Rich. Hello, Atlanta sports fans, and how the heck are you? Happy holidays to you, because guess what? It is creeping up fast. Today is, I think, December 6th, and if I'm not mistaken, we have broken the Falcons Flight Believe podcast record. This is episode 34. I'm almost positive. We can't ever keep up with that stuff, but... Which one works the best? There it is. I know, I know. I know, I know. It's it's amazing. We're amazing. But you know, who else is amazing is is our Georgia Bulldogs, and we're going to get into that later. But, you know, I always say, and, and by the way, if you're new, I'm Robert Taylor, your host. I got my right-hand man, my PIC, my ride or die. I could go on forever, the commissioner, Mark Rich. But we always say he's the man about town. He's always somewhere at some sporting event doing something and I got to ask you a question here in a minute because I know you had this amazing adventure on uh, a, a Sunday or two ago, but we'll, we'll save that. But it was pretty awesome. So anyway, I actually got to go to the SEC championship game. I had a ticket for the commissioner, but he got stuck at work, couldn't come down there. But I went with my sister and my brother-in-law, and I got to tell you, it was pretty awesome watching Georgia hang 50 half a hundo as my buddy Carter would say on the Tigers but what was even better is watching Jalen Carter manhandle their quarterback pick him up with one arm and still have the presence of mind to put up the number one signal but I thought he was calling for help yeah (laughs) for for LSU yeah hey if you guys can uh you know sneak another man on the field you might need him but I I just knew for some reason LSU came out. They looked they looked good. You know, they scored. But after that, uh, and this was in our end zone, too. We had some cool mezzanine tickets, uh, pretty good view of the whole field. And I like sitting in the end zone kind of where we were at because you could watch plays unfold and kind of watch things happen. But when Christopher Smith, they blocked that kick, and he picks it up and he just kind of stands around, my attention got diverted. I I think I was high five, and I was like, yeah, we're going to get the ball back. And then my brother-in-law was like, he's going. And I look, and I'm like, what happened? Like, I, I don't under, like, they didn't blow the play dead. And there was a rule about the ball being in motion, but that happened. And then the helmet interception. And I just looked at my brother in law and my sister. I said, Lady Luck's with us today. I was like, we're not losing. Did you hear the Kirby interview where he explained what was happening on the field after the block kick? No, I didn't. So they have a rule. They, they practice that play very often. 
And Kirby has a rule that if you pick the ball up, you have to score. So Christopher Smith wasn't doing anything but waiting for the signal from the sideline to go. <laughs> That's that the Kirby interview. You got to check it out. It was absolutely it's hysterical. Just listening to him talk about it. But Christopher Smith's like, yeah, he's like, uh, we we practice this all the time. I was just looking over there waiting for the signal. Yeah, and Kirby's like, he's like, yeah, he knows the rules though. If you pick it up, you got to score. And he sure did. And the dogs looked good all around. You know, uh, Stett had been in some discussions. Should he be in New York? Should he not be in New York? But I think that game kind of cemented that. Kirby's worried about the defense. I am a little. I mean, they did toss the ball around. Their backup came in. But I tell you what, one of those was a like a 50- or 60-yard gain on a little kind of wobbly. It just found its way into a receiver's hand. Another one was just and – and both of these happened in our end zone. It was just an amazing football play. He just reached up and snagged it out from between two defenders going in the end zone. I was like, what do you what – you can't be mad. No. That's just a great football play. So, were they able to throw the ball? Yes, but we're, uh, you know, well over 100 of those yards, some kind of – well, what are you going to do about that? Lucky grab, right place, right time. I don't think it was LSU's backup really kind of, you know, <clears throat> gutting the defense, so to speak. I don't think it was like, you know, if Joe Burrow was playing. I think that's just how it went down. And I think Ohio State's going to have more on their plate that they can handle because they're kind of a one-dimensional team. C.J. Stroud, he can run it, but we've got Jalen Carter. Everybody's going to be rested and healthy. Ohio State's going to have had more time off. Kirby wasn't happy, though. He's like, this will not be accepted. This will not be tolerated. We talked about how uh, defenses can kind of get lazy and kind of lax up on the tackling and the physicality as the year goes on. And he's like, we're going to fix that. I honestly expect to see something similar to an Oregon game. God, I hope so. I I would like it just because we've had – you and I know Ohio State fans Mm -hmm. personally. We've always had the debate. They've only played once, and Herbie was in this game, and it was 93, and, and we won. Herbie called an audible. It didn't go so well. Georgia gets the ball, goes and scores, I think, like 86 yards. So, but they've always said, well, we should play. We should play. And I'm wondering what excuses they're going to come up with. Don't think that Georgia can't lose to Ohio State. I just think the way they that LSU game unfolded and just the path that they're on, I think they're doing something really special. I just think they can't be denied. Michigan's talking trash, which, hey, go ahead and give them bulletin board material. But your your guy, your running back, the one that it was, it was fueling your season, he's done. He's not coming back. He is not going to play in any more games out for the season. What do you got? And I just don't – I don't think Ohio State has enough to beat Georgia. I really don't. Were you surprised at all how the rankings came out? Not really. The only thing I was surprised at was the sense of entitlement these Alabama fans felt. <laughs> like they just can't. They were. I and I, I won't call him a good buddy, but I went to high school with him. I know, and we're friends on Facebook. And he was like, "Well, so if this, all these scenarios," and I said, "Ray, quit scheming. You're not getting in." Alabama fans to this, they're still scheming. And I said, "Listen, if an undefeated team like a TCU." or an Alabama, or a Georgia, goes to their title game and wins in a close one, which, by the way, it was OT, would they get in? If a, if an undefeated team can lose in the SEC and still go, why does it not hold true for a Michigan, which looked like they were going to get beat, or a TCU? I said, both those teams are undefeated. They're in their conference title games. You don't get to leapfrog. Yeah, They're saying they should have leapfrogged um, Ohio State, but I'm sorry. Two-loss team, not in your conference championship, 
You lost to Tennessee, which then turned around and got completely exposed and annihilated by South Carolina. Annihilated. Man, and they'll tell you it's because, you know, Hooker wasn't there. But what, what's going to be different? What's going to be different in any other game after the fact? Man, the, you know, there was scenarios. There, were, I, I saw, like, I saw them putting Alabama in. I could have seen it. It, it didn't, it wouldn't have made sense. They don't. They don't deserve to be in it this year, but it, the argument about TCU falling out for losing their championship game by three in overtime to the number ten team in the country is crazy. Yeah, and no, then jumping no, no, yeah, jumping yeah. Ohio State, whose only loss is to Michigan, and that's why they didn't play in their championship game. Come on, man! Like yeah. it, it, like you knew what it was. You knew what it was going into it. USC was the only team that had to win to be in. Mm-hmm. Everybody else could have lost and still made it. Well, the, the, the Bama fans were screaming that because Ohio State got beat so badly at home by Michigan, but I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sure, wait, it's one loss and two losses. Yeah, and and they just and, and again, it it really is them not being able to handle not being there. Like they were. It is the first. You're time. scheming. They, you're just scheming. You want to be in so bad? Well, sorry, you had a down. And guess what? 12 players from Alabama have entered the portal. There's over 1,000 players in the portal now. This shit's going to get wild. Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought last year was the rebuilding year. Wait, yeah, was it, was who knows what Nick Saban's going to say now. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm confused on which year the rebuilding year I'm was. telling you, I think Alabama has a worse year next year. 12 players in the portal, juniors declaring for the draft, seniors, super seniors, all that that has to go. Um the Some por- possible coaching changes. The portal is unreal right now, and the only team with zero players in the portal is Georgia. Well, there's going to be some. Yeah, I would, I'm just saying. Right I would second. think, um, but the Alabama's got in the teens. Texas A&M's in the teens. Uh, it's it's a lot. Florida's Florida is in the teens. Florida has 13 or 14. I just wonder how many of them are going to come to Georgia, if any at all. If Kirby's going to say, no, thanks, guys. We're, we're covered here. I, I literally, I, I was watching a couple conversations go through. I try not to comment because I just know that once I dive into that hole, I'm never coming out. Um, but I was just reading, following through this thread of comments, and I really believe uh, somebody said, I can see with the way that it's going right now, if we dip in and get like two to three people, but Kirby's all about getting people that are about the system and, mm-hmm. and coaching them up. Yeah, I posted on our Instagram the other day. We we just uh, we signed a three star, three star offensive lineman. I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't wait. Yeah, well, a, a big one for them in the 23 class is Mapemba. Oh man, uh, that's gonna. I, I, now you know me. I, I'm excited, sure. but I'm like, hey, get let's get some fingers in the dirt. Let's, seen let's a get you on of campus. Him, but he's a beast, no doubt. I, I'm excited. Uh, and, and again, it's just like reloading, you know, let's just reload it. Let's, let's load up. Let's hope he fits into the system. But one team, and I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I'm all on board. I'm going to get me some gear and watch the show go down. I am fired up about Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes, man. You're going to get Colorado gear. Heck yeah, man. I'm going to follow that program. I'm going to jump on that wagon. Cause I think it's going to be fun. I think he's going to turn that program around pretty quick. <clears throat> he's already, you know, Shadour's already going. He said, he's, here's your starting quarterback. His son, who's a safety, is coming. 
Don't know about Travis Hunter. I just He's think coming. it's. I just don't. I I just think it's going to be really really fun for those keeping score at home. Rob just added a third college football. That's team. right. You can have as many as well. I, you know me. I guess I'm being a little hypocritical. He's a collector. Because I go, uh, you know, pick a side. I tell you, pick pick bet Red Sox or Braves. But you know, uh, it's okay. I may find myself living in Colorado one day too. I love it out there. And Boulder's a fine town. I've I've been there. Uh, a couple times, but I just think it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm excited about it because he's going to like, just that man, that dude knows how to make an entrance. Yeah. Yeah. He came in, he gave a speech. He, he, man, he spoke to the press, the press. He was like, man, he was dropping nuggets on him. He's like, man, y'all should be clapping for that one. I just got here and I'm already giving it. He's, he's fun. He's entertaining, but he's also, he's going to, He's gonna do a great job. He's bringing his guys there. He's bringing his sons there. He's he's got to bring Hunter. I, I know. I'm pretty sure Hunter was part of the deal um, of the people that were coming with him. But he's already he's already signed somebody for the 2024 yeah. recruiting cycle. I believe a five star wide receiver is already on the way to Colorado, who's probably one of the ten worst teams in the yeah. FBS right now. It, yeah, it's going to be great to watch. It's going to be a great story. I just want to see, I think for me, because I think it's going to bring a little bit of parity to college football. Yeah. I think Colorado, are they going to win a national title? I don't know. Are they going to be relevant? Yeah, I think so. I think you're going to see them playing for Pac-12 titles. I think you're going to see them competing. I think you're going to see them rise up through the ranks. You know? You're going to see them on TV a lot more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I just hope Dion doesn't overshadow what's and, it, you know, the, the prime, you know, the prime time persona doesn't overshadow what they're trying to build there, because I would love to see it. You know, I, I want to, you know, Colorado played Georgia, you know, the Georgia Tech, that national title they split. They had Rocket Ishmael or that was Notre Dame. Uh, who did Colorado have? I, I don't know why it's uh, I'm drawing a blank, but they had a Cordell. Yeah, I yeah 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 Cordell Stewart. So I, I you know just more parity, more more just more football instead of. And don't get me wrong, I like the dominance of the SEC because I'm an SEC guy. I love Georgia, but I I just want to see it. I don't want to see the NIL destroy everything. And I, I think Deion Sanders is going to bring money out there. He's going to bring talent out there. He's going to get Colorado back because I I just want better conferences. You know, I want to see a, a, a Pac-12 team play an SEC team for a national title. You know, I don't ever want the Big Ten to do anything because I've been listening to their stupid fans talk shit for so long. Like, I'm humble. I'll tell you this. I, you know, could could Ohio State beat Georgia? They could. I don't think they can, I'm and I don't think be, they're I'm, ready. I'm, I'm going to be quiet until the end of the game. And I and I think you know uh, once we get out to L.A. If we get out to L.A., you know again my gotta go to work. I don't know if I told you this, but my ticket's booked. Yeah, I don't know because uh, I kind of want to go watch the Georgia Ohio State game in Atlanta if I can find a decent ticket. You know, I, I just had a job interview today, so I'm kind of like trying to save a little money. So I don't know. I got a free place to stay. My brother lives out in L.A., so I don't I don't know how that's going to shake out. You want to know the fun part about it? <clears throat> I'm going from I think I'm flying out. Thursday and flying back on Wednesday after the national championship. And I was talking to my cousin. My cousin lives out there talking to my cousin about what to do. And then I started looking up stuff in LA Friday night, Atlanta Hawks versus Lakers at crypto.com. There you go. Sunday night, Atlanta Hawks versus wait, Lakers on Friday, Clippers on Sunday, Atlanta Hawks in LA. Yeah. Two of those games, and hopefully, if everything goes my way, a national championship game on Monday. Now, 
while you're out there though, try to do some of the other stuff. You got to go to Runyon Canyon. That's great. It's, it's a great place to kind of hike around near the Hollywood sign. You got to go to the Griffith Park Observatory. So I'll give you a list. Um, I'll give you a I'm, list. What I'm really going to do too is see if I can go see what's up at Believe. Yeah, they got the offices down there. I don't know where they're at. Like maybe I don't know if they're more towards Century City or what. But there's some offices out there. They just open them. The studios. Um, yeah, I'm going to give you a list of things to do. Unless you just have to do it. And, and again, you might like to see some of the uh, superhero guys because some of them are really good. But unless you just really got to stay away from Hollywood Boulevard and the Walk of Fame, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Like people will literally chase you down with their basement tapes and throw them at you. And, you know, and, and like you try to politely say, no, thank you. I'm not interested. And I had a guy follow me all the way to the end of the Hollywood Boulevard shouting obscenities at me and calling me a racist because – I was uninterested in his basement tape. I just said, and I was polite too. I said, just no thanks, not today, no cash, just no thank you, but good luck. Kept, you know, it's, it was weird. And I told my brother, I, said, I used to love going down there. I used to love going down there. It was kind of cool. It was kind of like a party in the street. But now it's, it's man, it, you just get hounded by the street, street hustlers and street vendors. But there are some remarkable, like, Marvel characters, and there's a guy that's the Joker that's amazing. But I'm going to Roscoe's. Sure. Go to Ralph's, man. Get an In-N-Out burger. Do all the things. So, LA's, here's what's going to happen when you go to LA. Have you, you've never been? Never been. One of two things. I've never met anybody where it wasn't this. these two things. Myself, I love it. I'm, I'm Randy Newman all the way. I love LA. Fun town. Awesome town. So much cool history and things to see. And that'll either be you or you're going to come back and go... Yeah, I'm never going back again. Glad I went. I've seen Los Angeles, California, the city of angels. Been there, never going back. You're either going to love it and you're going to be like, God, I can't wait to go back out to L.A. or you're going to hate it. I've never met anybody that went that was on the fence or kind of in between. Like It was either just over the moon, wow, what a town, or yeah, what a dump. You know, I'll never go back. But it's going to be fun, man. Michigan doesn't want none. I can tell you that. They they may say they do, but they don't. They don't want none. I'm actually kind of so I don't understand necessary I do understand kind of that they didn't want to put Michigan and Ohio State against each other. I knew this would happen if this scenario worked itself out, but I don't know why it happened this way. I don't. Well, you know. Uh, I tell you one thing, I, I, I fully expect to see Georgia playing for the national title, but it also wouldn't hurt my feelings to watch Michigan house Ohio state again in the national title game. If that happened, I wouldn't be mad. I'd love for Michigan just to beat down on them again. Uh, the, the good part is <clears throat> nobody wants Ohio state to win. Yeah. Except Ohio state fans. But yeah, I think, I think at the end of the, I mean, TCU is capable, but I think at the end of the day, we get a rematch. And who knows? Maybe maybe that's going to be like the new Alabama Clemson, maybe Georgia Michigan buttheads. You know, uh, over the years, twenty thirty and twenty thirty one, we got a home and home with Ohio State. That would be pretty cool if we're all still here, because uh, you never know. And you know, I said we were going to hold off on the dog talk, but we just dived right can't, in it because you, you, you can't contain it. The only thing that was weird, and I I, I swear maybe I'm remembering wrong, but in SEC championships in the past, in in the in the Peach Bowl and the Chick-fil-A and all that, you could buy some beer. Not this year. No beer 
in club level only. You couldn't where our seats were. I couldn't go get a, a beer and watch the game. They had villages outside Mercedes Benz serving some beer. So we had a few few beers and walked in. But man, they are the SEC is missing out on some money. Millions they would make if they could if they would just sell a, a beer inside. Well, some most stadiums do on like, but in certain places, not yeah. Club level only. And and I asked, because the girl was like, you know about inside, right? And I said, no, what's up? She goes, no beer in there. And I was like, what, what do you mean? I said, I saw Dogs Carolina 2016, bought some beer, saw SEC title games with Mark Rick. I was like, and, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I had one too many Bud Lights. But I was like, I swear, I swear to God, I drank beer in here. I swear, I, I, I bought beer. She's like, maybe so, but no beer this year. No drinks whatsoever besides, you know, sodas and all that fun stuff, but it's not the end of the world. Still had a great time watching that game. Got some great pictures. It was my sister had never been to an SEC championship game of any kind, so it was a good experience for her. And I'm excited, man. This will be the first repeat if they pull it off in, since the since this the BCS era, or not BCS, but like the pole series in, in the in the championship series. Is it? It's not BCS. Is it the playoff? Playoffs. Yeah, <clears throat> I get them all mixed up. The BSC and the whatever, but they'll be the first back-to-back champs if they can do it. And, and I really just feel like they're dialed in. Like you heard Kirby say, we're ascending. I mean, I just, I really. It's ours for the taking, man. I do, and I've said it all along. The only team that can beat Georgia is Georgia. But I but I think they're, they're going to come out and they're going to slap Ohio State right in the mouth. And I know Georgia's had some rough games in, in Mercedes-Benz. Probably more so the dome, but you know Stetson even said it himself. He's like, "Oh, we play pretty good here, play pretty good here." So I just think with it being in our own backyard, and how Georgia's just kind of fired, firing on all cylinders. You know, Stetson is now a Heisman finalist. I don't see why he won't win it. Uh, I think well, it's going to be a tight race, but I, you know, if you look at stats and numbers and everything, I think it's. I think there, there's definitely the argument, a strong argument for him to take that trophy home, and how great would that be for Georgia? That would be, honestly, that would be insane, but mostly insane for him. Imagine, yeah. he, imagine being that guy and going back-to-back national championships and Heisman. And an SEC and title. And, man, un, if it works out this way and he wins and we go undefeated and win, what what the hell? Like, that that movie gets made next year. He is instantly... Right there with Lindsey Scott, Herschel, probably actually for my money, and you may look at me and be like, shut up, you're crazy. If he wins back-to-back national titles in a Heisman, in my humble opinion, greatest bulldog there is, legend. Well, and, and people will argue. That ever was. Oh, they'll say Charlie Trippy. They'll say Lindsey Scott. No, they'll no, say no. Herschel Walker. They'll, oh, well, they'll just argue that, you know, that a lot of it was predicated on defense, which is is, is a fair thing to say. But you know, I mean, he's he's going to be up there in that conversation regardless of what happened. And if you look at his stats, I actually saved the. Uh, I was I was listening to people's arguments of whether he deserved to even be there or not. And if you look at stats stats versus the AP top twenty five, yeah, they're good. He's very good. He's. Equal or better than everybody. I think the only person that is even remotely close numbers wise is Caleb Williams. Yeah, and I, and my counter to that to those people that say they're predicated on defense is like, don't act like Georgia didn't score. Right. Don't act like they're winning fourteen to seven. They were they were putting up points. 
And who else in the hit? What other player in the history of Georgia has that resume? Well, no, no, no. Back to back national titles. SEC. Didn't he win an MVP of something? Some game, some bowl game, the, the national champion, something he went. Did he, did, does he have an MVP? Uh, man, hold on. Just check this out real quick. So, uh, against AP top 25 teams, Stetson Bennett is the only conference champion of all of them over uh, Dugan, Caleb Williams, CJ Stroud, and they put Hendon Hooker in here for everybody else who wanted to bring him back into it. His record is 13-0. and There's five games against AP Top 25. He has five wins against them, a 73.1% completion percentage, 1,472 yards, 13 touchdowns, two picks, a 185.21 QBR, and four rushing touchdowns. Okay? The next, C.J. Stroud is the next closest in completion percentage at 70.4, but he won two out of the three games. Caleb Williams won three out of the five games. He's got 1,626 yards, 12 TDs, two picks, and four rushing touchdowns with a QBR of 158. So he's like the most comparable, um, but he has two losses. He took two L's out of his five games and Stett won all of them. Um, The the numbers are kind of crazy. Um, especially with the 13 TDs to two interceptions, the four rushing touchdowns, and that's in five games against the top 25. So if you want to look at the rest of the games and if you're if you're looking big picture, if you're one of the voters and you're seeing all this, like in a lot of those other games that weren't top 25 teams, we did a lot of running. So yeah. you can't tell me he's not a good player because in those games we opted to use one of our other weapons. Stetson Bennett is the greatest quarterback on the greatest team in the country, period. He's the best quarterback in the nation. You can argue if you want, but you're wrong. But and here's you're the wrong. Thing. Here's the thing. Everybody's talking about why he doesn't deserve to be there. I'm like, tell me why all those Alabama quarterbacks who were game managers, game managers on, a, <laughs> on a great Alabama team with a great defense, like, it's our turn now. Like, you can be pissed if you want to. It's our turn to have a guy there that you don't think should be there because he's a game manager on the best team in the country. But it's been happening for over a decade. Yeah. I'm telling you, the Bama fans are just butthurt. They don't want to give so it up. So bad. And I've been telling them, it can't la- – now, I, I was a little early. I, I was a little premature. Uh, I, I, I thought maybe a couple years ago we were seeing it. But it's more real now than ever. And I said, you can't be on top forever. Nick Saban is, is 70, I believe. Maybe even 71. He's getting older the game is changing. NIL, all that. Kirby Smart took the blueprints. You know, I think we've talked about it on, I think it was this podcast, or maybe I was talking to another friend. You know, Kirby Smart was like the guy in, um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Adam Sandler football movie. Waterboy. He was like Jerry Reed. He took Nick Saban's playbook. Uh, you know, Jerry Reed stole the playbook from Fonzie and and built this great program. He, uh, Kirby Smart took the blueprint. I, I don't know if he improved on it, but he took that blueprint and he's built this thing. And I'm sorry, Georgia now, through Kirby's hard work and those players and the coaching staff, the athletic department, anybody that has anything to do with Georgia football has built this thing. And it's now like the, the kids say on the internet, the new hotness. Kids want to come to Georgia because now, and that's the shift has happened, I think. I'll, I'll ride with Paul Feinbaum. He says Alabama, not down and out, 
but they're not what they used to be, and I don't know if they get back there in the Nick Saban era. I, I just don't. I, I, I think the, 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 what they did to LSU, how they beat Tennessee, I just think Georgia's ascending like Kirby says. They're on the upswing, and God, especially if they, if they go back-to-back. Sorry, folks, you're going to have to listen to us and the rest of the Bulldog Nation for the next decade. And let's add one more thing on top of that. All the people that talk shit about Stetson Bennett and how he is just a game manager and he's not a good quarterback. What happens when we put what you think is a good quarterback? Yeah, do in we there? start dropping seventy and like lighting like, well, it up? Are we are we completely unstoppable? Because it's not the defense is not going to change. The defense is not going to just all of a sudden get worse. That's yeah. it's a focal point. Like if you if we get a quarterback, if if Gunner Stockton or Carson Beck, or Brock Vandegrift, you know, you assume somebody's leaving because there's just not enough room for everybody to play. And But what about the next guy? If the next guy is what you deem to be a real quarterback or one of these five-star blue-chip studs that everybody is talking about, like if Caleb Williams would have come to Georgia and been Georgia's quarterback, what could he have done here? Yeah, I don't want him. In anybody that says Stetson Bennett's not a good quarterback doesn't know football. It, I mean, it is what it is, but I, I understand what they're saying. I understand that they're saying, well, he's a, you know, he's a walk-on, he's a game manager, yada, yada, yada. He's not a five-star, blue-chip, six-foot-five, 225-pound, cannon-armed, whatever. It is what it is, but it, he he also is what he is, and he's doing a phenomenal job. What he is us. is a winner. He's yeah. a champion. Sure. But that's but that's what I'm saying. But like, if we get the guy in place that's in your mind the real quarterback, it can only get better than this. So like, I I don't know what the knock is. I'll, I'll take guy. ten more Stetson Bennett's. Sure, but what I'm saying is, you, the people that are knocking Stetson see what we're what's yeah. happening with him, and you're angry about him. But okay, like it's only going to get better in your eyes. What are you pissed off about? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get behind get it. your guy. Man. I, I said it beginning of the season. You know, uh, before we moved into this studio, over in the other studio, I said, my, "He's my dude, man." I said, "I know." I've we've both said, "Wow, I've got to get him out." But no, he. I'm sorry. Listen, last two does, seasons so he does far, some he's annoying shit. He's got one loss. Yeah. Last two seasons, one loss to Alabama. <laughs> that's, so that's it. Yeah, and if he finishes out this season, what will it be? Fifteen. He'll be twenty nine and one. We talked about it, I think, last episode. Twenty nine and one in two seasons with two national titles, an SEC championship, Impossibly. and possibly a Heisman Trophy. <laughs> now, the rest of you Georgia fans can argue with you if you want, but he's going down in my books as the greatest Bulldog football player of all time. Nobody's going to have it. Herschel can't beat that resume. Well, he's going to have to run for Senate. Oh, man. oh my God! Stetson Bennett's going to be the governor of Georgia one day. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, if he wants to go into politics. So, He'll never, he'll never go hungry. He'll never be without a home in in the state of Georgia. He can, he's write his own ticket to whatever he wants to do in this state. He can open a barbecue, a chain of barbecue shacks, and everybody go eat there, even if the food was trash. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter. He's a, uh, his future is is. Uh, I think he goes into coaching. I think he'll get on kind of you know like some other bulldog quarterbacks, and I think he'll hold a clipboard and see some snaps. But I do I think he's going to be well, I shouldn't say this because he's defied all the odds in college. Why wouldn't he defy all the odds in the pros? So, but if you ask me personally, do I think so? I don't. Maybe he proves me wrong. But all I know is uh, if Stetson Bennett's 
put uh, championship jerseys and shirts in my closet. Line them up. I mean, who who is he close to getting married? You know, is he gonna is he gonna pop pop out a couple of sons? Let's get them start you know prepped up. Um, Keep this thing going for the next century. Exactly, man. We'll be we'll just be like Uggas. You know, he's Stetson Bennett. What the fourth or the fifth? We'll have fourth. We'll have Bennett the eighth. Who cares? We'll just have a succession of <laughs> of, of Bennett quarterbacks coming through here, ringing up national titles and wins. Um, but yeah, it's crazy that that, that it's all decided. Everybody is uh, shaking out. The bowls are all settled, and now we're just waiting for the end of the year for New Year's Eve, and and we'll find out who's going to play for the national title. But I think right now it's Georgia, Michigan. That's my prediction. I'm going to call it now, and uh, you know that's going to put a wrap on a, on a college football season. I hope uh, the Heisman's towards the end of December, right? I hope I hope that you know that Georgia starts Heisman winning quarterback Stetson Bennett versus Michigan out in L.A. I think yeah, I think the Heisman happens if I'm not mistaken in between the playoff games and then the national championship. I think we've somewhere around in there, like into December. But <clears throat> so man, it's just an exciting time to be a Georgia Bulldog. And if you've been with us the whole time, you earned it. If you're jumping on the wagon, uh, there's nothing I can do to get you off. But if I could give you a good kick in the ass, because you didn't earn it, this is this this is not and I'll and I'll we'll be able to spot the fakers pretty quick. But I already know there's been some I t- there's been people throw out their Alabama gear and go buy Georgia gear. Garen fucking T U. That has happened. I don't doubt it. So there's really not much more. We'll we'll, we'll do a little uh you know, we got a few weeks to study up on Ohio State and we'll do like a pregame preview or a Georgia Ohio State preview, but I mean that's pretty much what's going on with the dogs is they're prepping for a national title. You know, uh, Lad's going to be okay, a little tendonitis in his knees, but I think everybody's back healthy. And I think if they, uh, you know, I, 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 I think football's a little different. <clears throat> I know they could have the chance to come out and sputter a bit just because of the big layoff, but Ohio State will have been off even longer. And, I mean, really, Ohio State's offense, what do you got to do? Double up on Marvin Harrison Jr.? Okay. What else you got? Not that Ohio State's not good, but they're kind of a one-trick pony. I mean, they can run a little bit. Their defense is suspect, and they got Marvin Harrison Jr. and C.J. Stroud. But JSN's not coming back for the rest of the season, so him being in the game is not even a possibility anymore, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So I, I just think uh, – Good football team. We're not overlooking you at all, Ohio State, but we just uh, – Very confident. I'm very confident. Yep. Confident. not saying you can't win, I'm but I'm, I'm confident. cautiously optimistic. I'm confident uh, right now – Kirby Smart is the best college football coach, and his staff is the best staff on the best team with everybody. They're, they're the best. I, I just don't see that little uh, Mark Richt, uh, you know, Vince Dooley, Ray Goff, Jim Donnan, that little – I don't know what you call – we'll come up with a name for him, but that little creature that would show up and, you know, allow us to shoot ourselves in the foot, that little – whatever that thing was that would, you know, just right at the right time, Georgia, you know, w- with all the, the shine and the spotlight on them, they would just falter. That dude's gone. I, and I thought a couple of times in that Missouri game, I was like, all right, that little son of a bitch is back. <laughs> Where are you? Yeah, he's in the stadium somewhere. What is going on? This is these are not the these are not the dogs I'm accustomed to, but yeah, I think Georgia rides all the way to a repeat. And boy, uh I don't even wanna I don't even want to think about that right now. Uh I thought about uh because I didn't do it last year instead of uh LA to go to Athens and watch it. And and be be in Athens when they win it, 
if they win it, like, you know, I don't want to be like those Alabama people, but I, I hope I can get there maybe because it was almost like automatic. Just like, oh, when we, when we do this, when we do that, I don't ever want to do that, but it would, I think it would be pretty cool. Maybe I'll just stay at the old Hojo again and walk over to the blind pig and that's where I'll post up. Who knows? Go nuts. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Or maybe I should be downtown and go ring the bell and, you know, hang out with the kids, but <clears throat> we'll see. So Georgia football. Another fantastic season. And I guess we should end this with the the caveat of, listen, if for whatever reason it doesn't shake out our way against Ohio State, still a terrific, amazing, wonderful season. If we get to L.A. and for some reason Michigan's dialed in and they come up with an answer without their, you know, uh, big stud Heisman, uh, you know, hopeful running back, if they, they have an answer for Georgia – Still an amazing, wonderful season. If TCU goes nuts and shows up in the national championship game and beats Georgia. What a Cinderella story it would be. Still a great season. Yeah, just remember, guys, don't go back into the bushes or, or start crying like Randy Quaid from Major League Two, for Christ's sake. Like, still have it's still a, you know, you can just, and I don't want to hear choke. It's just, you know what? Hey, man, they had a hell of a ride and they, they just fell short. Couldn't get it done, but. I don't think we have that conversation, but a conversation that we've got to have because now I'm a, it's official. It's DEFCON 1 with Dansby Swanson. I am officially worried. The Cardinals are chasing him. The Cubs, a lot of talk's been going on. Now, he reached out to Anthopolis. We are almost midweek of the winter meetings. The Phillies signed Trey Turner, 11 years. Don't even get me started on how stupid that deal is. Mets signed Verlander. DeGrom, where is Dan? Why? What are we doing? What are? Why is this man not signed? Give him his money. Do you think that this is all predicated on how much money the other shortstop gets? I'm sure. I mean, I don't I, to see what the what the market average is before he signs on the. Yeah, but well, I mean, now now what's the problem? I, I think Trey Turner's the gold standard. He did what eleven years, three hundred and something million, which is stupid because he's going to be thirty eight at the end of that contract. That's a dumb deal. Giving Bryce Harper thirteen years was a dumb deal. The Mets are paying two guys eighty six million dollars next year, and the Braves are playing playing like six or seven of us seventy four. It's stupid. If if any if we've seen anything in Major League Baseball, throwing money at the problem does not solve the problem. The Dodgers have this bloated payroll. What have they done? Nothing. They have one World Series title in a COVID year. What'd the Mets do? 175 days in first, choked out. And, and and Verlander's good. Don't get me wrong, Verlander's good, but the dude's 40. And I know it's a two-year deal, but still, you spend all that money on two older Scherzer's old man, he gets tired. It wouldn't surprise me to see Max Scherzer not play in April this year. He gets that dead arm. He gets tired. That rib. I don't know, why, man. Why I, lose DeGrom and go Verlander? I, that, that didn't make sense to me, but it is what it is. I don't know. It's a joke meme, but it was funny. You probably saw that I posted it, but it was like, Justin Verlander was like, I signed in New York because I didn't want the pressure of October baseball. <laughs> but I, I think it's dumb. I think those deals are dumb. Kate's ready to be back in New York. Like, you know, uh, a 22-year-old Trey Turner, a 24-year-old Trey Turner, 11 years, he's done at 35, but you're going to have to pay. Now now, and now you got to move that contract. If you think Trey Turner is going to be the 38-year-old shortstop of the Phillies in 11 years, no, he's not. 
Actually, in 11 years, he'll be 39. He ain't going to be there. And the Phillies just signed up all that money. I know it, I know it's not like – it's a little different in baseball because you have tiers of luxury taxes and you pay for the penalty. There's not really a cap. You can spend whatever you want. You just got to pay the price later. It's just stupid. It's just dumb to give a guy a deal like that. Bet you Turner doesn't have – I bet he has an off year. I bet he has a down year because that stupid thing that all the players do. Giancarlo Stanton got it, down year. Harper got that big year, down year. Bryce Harper's not even playing next year. He's out. Tommy John, elbow surgery. He's not going to play. Oh, man. So if you think the Phillies are going to – I don't. Will the Phillies be good? Maybe. Aaron Nola, you got some starting pitching, but I don't think the Phillies going to do it again. I think it was a fluke. I, I think they got ignited by their manager, and, and I think it's a fluke. I don't think the Phillies – I mean, I, it, again, it's that whole getting hot at the right time. The Braves are built up for long-term success. The Mets have a two-year window, and the Phillies – I don't even know what window they have. They'll be washing windows in a few years. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I'm scared now. I'm scared because right now, today – his agent, Casey Close, is fielding calls, and it's just like Chipper said, you know, you go courting the other girls. And I just – I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I don't think he comes back. I don't know why this – I don't know why it's Tuesday afternoon, almost 3 o'clock, and, we, and the winter meeting started over the weekend. We don't have a shortstop. Locked up. What the fuck is going on? And I know I'm being that that fan, but it's like, seriously, what are we doing you said he was a glue guy. You said we couldn't lose him. You said you wanted to be here. You're at winter meetings. What are, we, are, are Why are we pussyfooting is what I think. I don't know what we're doing. Is Are we playing a game? I love Alec. Don't get me wrong. I don't I think love, we're playing a game. I mean, but who's doing it? Is it Dansby? Is it his agent? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't think he comes back. I don't think he comes do you, back. Do you think that it's possible in any way that they said, we want to be here? We want fair market price for Dansby. Let's see what shakes out with these other guys. Then we'll come to an agreement on a number. You know what I would give him? Six for 185. Take it or leave it. That's a lot of effing money, Dansby. Six for 185. You're not getting 11. You're not getting 11 years. You're 29 years old. You're going to be 29. We're not paying you until you're almost 40. Six at 185. That's a good – you're set – not that you aren't set now. It's, Dansby looks like a smart guy. I'm pretty sure the money he's made already, he's invested well. $185 million, be done with it. Know where you're going to be playing for the next six years. Know who you're going to be playing with, all that. Like, oh. Anyway, um, so yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, we'll get there, I hope. But I don't think he comes back. But, you know, yeah, ultimately... It, it's in the hands of the Braves and AA and Dansby, but is I everybody am, signed? All the uh, all the big name free agents are they all signed? Kershaw went back to the Dodgers. Kenley Jansen's still out there. I just mean shortstops. No, Correa's. Still, I mean the Cubs are talking about getting Correa and Swanson. They're talking about going bonkers. I mean, I, I saw a story, but no, all the shortstops are not signed. And again, a, a thing that uh, kind of that backup plan, kind of like last year we get Matt Olson. I've heard uh, Willie Adams from the Brewers, who's pr- uh, a little bit younger than Dansby, but I don't know. I just, it's going to leave me baffled. And it's going to make me think that anybody that ever plays for the Braves that, that has Casey Close and Excel management, like, might as well fuck it. We're not signing them. This will be, this will be like, you know, 
fool me once, shame on me, fool me. Tw-. It's going to be that situation. I, I just don't know, man. I, again, I'm just a guy sitting in a room in Woodstock, Georgia, talking baseball, and I, I don't know about the front office. I mean, I just from what I read, I've never been in there, but why? I don't understand why. I mean, now if you're just haggling over price, I want Chipper Jones to call Dansby Swanson to go, you want to play in Atlanta, yeah. play in Atlanta. Sign the deal or get the fuck out. And I love Dansby. I want him here, but I'm just like, why? It's it's Wednesday. No, it's Tuesday. Winter meetings have been going on all weekend and into the week. What is happening? Get it done. Sign him already. Sign him. I don't understand that stuff. And again, I'm not a professional athlete, but I always tell people all the time, man, if I go on national television and say I want to play for Atlanta, and then Atlanta says they want me, I look at my agent and go, get it done. Don't screw me over. I want to get paid, but I don't got to I don't have to have 400 million dollars. This is more money than I ever dreamed of in my entire I know you say don't leave money on the table, but screw that. We got work to do. Let's lock this thing up. Let's get going. Cuz guess what? Christmas is going to be here before you know it. Literally, Christmas is knocking on, you know, it's it's walking up the sidewalk, and when Christmas is over, guess what? That's about 31 days in January and 2 weeks in fest, 6 weeks. We got to start training. It's time to get back to work so we can get back to the World Series and win it again. That's all I'm saying. It's just it's annoying, the business of base. I mean, I know it is a business, but this whole I want what he got or I deserve market value bullshit. Like, it's just it's also the the pain in the ass is that just like you said, they we've already talked about it. We want Dansby. Dansby wants to be here. This is what everybody's telling us, and then like nothing is happening. So it's. The most frustrating. Yeah, we get these little, uh, you know, little just kind of breadcrumbs, but the rest of it's just. What's going on? And, and fan side, it came out, oh, original offer. Came. Man, that's us so old news. Everybody knows he got offered $100 million sometime in August, and he said no. That wasn't a serious offer. That was an opening offer. And then when he turned down the, you know, uh, uh, in free agency, you know, uh, they're going to, we're going to tender you. No, nope, I'm turning. That's, that's the, how the game works. But for it to have gone on this long and he's not locked up, like, what are we waiting for? Dansby, what are you waiting for? If it's on you, what are you waiting for? Yeah, but now, and I'm sure we're not alone in this, but it, it's, it's annoying. I think at it, this point, if it's him, it's just greed. And I want to tell him if this is it, if you if you're if you and your agent was stop being greedy. This is not why you started to play the game. And 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 I tell you, six for one eighty five, that is a lot of money, a hundred eighty five million. I don't know. I figure in the taxes and what he pays his agents. I don't know. And guess what? Dansby Swanson's a good looking dude. I'm safe enough in my own sexuality to say that Dansby Swanson is a handsome man. You don't think he's got endorsements you don't think he'll be the face of something i don't give a shit what mizuno whatever he doesn't pay for batting gloves he doesn't pay for spikes hell a mercedes dealership would give him a car you know what i mean that's what's weird is it's like you have all these benefits and all these other things really what's the difference i just i i wonder and i i'm I do say don't leave money on the table because you shouldn't leave money on the table and you should try to get as much as humanly possible when you can. And I, I do, I, I appreciate the hometown discount people take to, to try to win championships and stuff like that. But in baseball, you don't have to take a hometown discount to make something happen because you can just get whatever you want. You know, they can spend as much money as you want. 
But at the same time, like I, I just look at the scenario like everyone loves Dansby, but now everybody's annoyed. You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. does it, what does it do to how people feel about you moving forward? Like, once you finally sign this deal, people have been just like anxious and, and and antsy this whole time, like trying to figure out what's going on. When you do sign the deal, are they just annoyed with you and like they they don't care anymore? Like, it, how does that work? Like, if you if you sign that deal right after the season's over, like right after the World Series, you you say you want to be in Atlanta. Now I'm going to be in Atlanta. Here's my contract. Let's go. Yeah. Like, man, you. You probably set the whole fan base on fire. I mean, I don't know now. Is it politics? Is it greed? I don't know what it is. But for it to not be done, to me, just as a as a fan uh, that might know a little bit more about the game than anybody, I'm like, it doesn't make sense. None of it adds up. Right. And I will never believe anybody in baseball ever again. I don't care if they play for the freaking Mariners that says, yeah, Seattle's home. I want to be here. Yes, we at the Seattle Mariners love Mark Rich. We'd like to have him here, too. All right, what's the problem? You can't sit in a room for five hours or a conference call. All right, you want to be here? We want you here. Let's hammer it out. Nobody's dropping this call until the deal is done. And guess what? We'll do a verbal tonight, and in the morning, Dansby, when you wake up, your wife is going to sign a FedEx package because your contract's just been sent over. Or you're going to go meet Casey Close in L.A. or wherever the hell he's at, and you're going to sign. We're in agreement? Great. Let's move on. We got bigger fish to fry. So I don't know. It's just, a, it's really annoying. And I think at this point, I think he doesn't come back. <clears throat> I just, I don't know what, if it, because I said if it wasn't done two weeks after the season. Right. But then I said, well, the World Series is over. Now the winter meetings. I swear to God, if we leave the winter meetings and that guy is not signed, forget it. He's not coming back. But again, <laughs> it's just so weird. Like, don't say you want to be here. If you, <laughs> I guess I just take people at their word. Like, if you tell me you want to be on the Believe in Atlanta Sports podcast, but then I hear you're taking calls from, you know, Will McFadden and Ovi for the Falcons podcast, or you're talking to, you know, Israel Troop about the dogs pod. Mark, I thought you said you were a Believe in Atlanta Sports guy, and this is where you wanted to be. Why are you talking to these other podcasts? Oh, well, then you didn't really want to be here. You want to be here, but. And Danesby, players should just be honest about it. I would love to stay here, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see what other offers are out there. Test okay, the great. But don't say, I want to be here, and then a club say, we want him to be here, and then drag it out. Because there's much work that goes into it. Like, it's simple. Yeah. It, it ain't much. I mean, really, it's just the money. Okay, now that the money's there, let's work on the you know the rider, as they, as they call it for uh, musicians. You know, all right, what do you need, Dansby? All right, the Atlanta Braves say, no horseback riding. No four-wheelers, you know, all that crap that goes into contracts. Well, he wasn't supposed to be doing it. You know, all that stuff gets hammered out later by the nerds and the bean counters. You know, that's a back and forth. Really, all it takes to sign the deal is, Dansby, we got we got seven for 215. Are we good? We are? Great. Now let's work on the minor stuff. You go to the cages. You, Casey Close, meet Alex Anthopoulos. Hammer out all the little finer points. What does he get if he hits 300? What does he get for 30 home runs? All the little bonuses and blah, blah, blah. And if he makes the World Series, that gets figured out later. It's just that big number, and I don't know what the holdup is. And I'm annoyed. Yep. Clearly, you can tell I'm annoyed. And I also think that Dansby Swanson will not be at roaming uh, shortstop for the Braves next year. And I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. And speaking of who's going to be around next year, 
I bet Marcus Mariota didn't. I think, and even and even Dan uh, Dan Quinn, he's in Dallas. Even Arthur Smith has now said it just might be Ritter time. He said everybody's position is up for grabs. I don't know how I feel about that. I know you'd like to see it just to see what we have. And now the you know the Twitter fans are saying, oh, Ritter is going to lead us to the the championship and da da da. No, I, I say just leave leave it leave it alone. Now, does that mean we're giving up on the season? I don't know, but what what good would it do to have him play in a game and he gets seriously injured and be out next year? Yeah, man, there's so many ways to look at it. I I want to see it just I, like I, I've heard so many people talk about this particular topic, and I am in agreement with the majority of the people that say this move should have been made after Mariota made that hand grenade toss in Charlotte which was the craziest one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I don't I don't have a clue what was going through his mind, but he throws a hand grenade toss in that game that we're still in still pretty close. And and we lose that game. Then you have an extra few days to prepare for the following home game against the Bears who just traded away their best two defenders. Like that seemed to be the spot that you would put Ritter in. Now you're going to, you have a bye week, so you have plenty of time to get him ready, but you're going to be inserting him against the Saints in New Orleans. Now this isn't world beater Saints, but at the same time, we we don't have the greatest offensive line. Um, and it's an away game. That's a volatile place to play. Um, I, I, I want to see him. Like if that's a decision that's made, I'm I'm here for it. I want to see what he's got. But again, the the injury thing definitely creeps into the back of your mind. Knock on wood. Don't want to don't want anything bad to happen to him. But you do need to know what's going on. This is it's too many times that specifically Marcus Mariota has made a play that has cost you an opportunity to win a game. Whereas you, it, it doesn't the math doesn't add up for me. There's too many games where a Mariota mistake is why we weren't in the game. We were in the game the entire time. And if you watch the games, for God's sakes, there's so many times throughout the game that passes are just bad. Like, man, God bless his soul. I think he, I, I'm pretty sure uh, his his wife just gave birth to a, a new, new baby. I'm pretty sure that's either still happening or just happened. I have nothing against the guy. It's the quarterback. The quarterback is not doing it. He's not getting it done. He's he's keeping. They say he's keeping us in games. I would venture to guess that like our running game and our defense is keeping us in the games, and he's the reason why we're not winning the games because they're all too close for comfort. But ultimately, if you want to pinpoint it, it is a mistake or a, a lack, a complete and total lack of accuracy that that causes us to lose these games. Yeah, but the, the the another thing too is at home the Falcons are four and three. On the road, they're awful. What do you think their record is? Well, zero and four, one and five, one and they're terrible. What, they can't what win is on the road. Record right now, uh, five and eight. <laughs> That's right. I'm so I mean, there's four games that. left in the season. Mariota has had his plenty of opportunities to prove himself. I don't think he's gotten better as the season has progressed. I think we still are looking at that. Well, he 
he threw together a couple of good games, but he hasn't gotten better. No. He hasn't grown. He hasn't progressed. He's had his shot, and the Marcus Mariota experiment in Atlanta, in my opinion, is done. And you know what? He'll probably be here next year holding a clipboard. Sure. Which Help is- groom Ritter or, or whatever. I don't know. Maybe the Falcons you know, take a Will Levis or a Bryce Young or something. Who knows what they want to well, do and, in the draft. This will hopefully give you an idea, at least a sample size, of what, what Ritter's learned all year, what what he can do. And, on, man, it just, it really pisses me off that this is about to happen and Kyle Pitts is out for the season. Yeah, right. It really <laughs> pisses me off. Um, but it is what it is. We're just going to have to see what happens and you know hopefully hopefully it all works out but at least at least we're going to get to see him we're going to get to see what it is and man the ex i'm i'm just looking at it like we could have been doing this all year long and we'll see if the offensive line if if mariota was truly you know making the offensive line look better than it actually is and if his athleticism was the reason why they look good um We'll see that when Ritter gets back there, but but damn it, man! Like I I feel like we should have been doing this for uh, quite some more time now. I mean, Ritter's got legs; he can extend plays, he can run, he sure can. You know, but uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm wondering if you know Mariota's been making the offensive line look better. We've been running the ball, so I can't imagine that it's, yeah. it's that big of a deal. But that was one of the things, one of the theories that people were using why. Ritter wasn't coming in is because our offensive line run blocks way better than they pass block. And, and great. That, that might be true. I still want to see the guy throw the ball. I still want to see that guy hit Drake London in stride rather than at his shoestrings. Yeah. I'd love to see, I, I would love to have seen it with Kyle Pitts too. Well, you've, you've heard this word uh, tossed around ESPN and, and football shows your whole life. Marcus Mariota is now in the, not maybe he's all he's always been here, but it's official now. He's in the category of, oh crap, our starting quarterback tore his ACL. Mariota's out there, and here's the word serviceable. Serviceable. That's all he is. He's serviceable. That's it. He's never going to be any better than he is. He's not going to go somewhere else and turn it around. I don't know what it is. You know, maybe maybe he has other endeavors, or maybe he's. Whatever it is, it's just the player he was in college, he has not translated well to the NFL, and he is a big part of the reason the Falcons have, have lost games. He's not a vocal I – I just don't see him being that vocal. I don't see him like a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning on the sideline lighting people up and going crazy, and, and even Matt Ryan would do it. You know, I, I haven't seen that fire from him. Well, and even, even when asked about it, he was like, well – we're just going to do whatever's best for the team, and I'm okay with yeah, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Shut up. But, it, man, again, I don't, the human being, Marcus Mariota, I, I have no problems with. Of course. The quarterback, Marcus Mariota, holy shit, man. Like, I'm just, whatever it is, I knock on wood again. I, I, I hope that we don't throw him to the wolves and anything bad happens to him, but uh, shit. You're going to see him. Yeah. I'll go ahead and say that right now. Before, maybe even next game, and if not next game, before this season ends, I, Desmond Ritter's getting on the field. I don't think – I'm not going to go ahead and, and, and guarantee that he starts against the Saints, but I, I can almost guarantee you that he'll be in the game at some point in New Orleans. 
Yeah, I, and again, like you said, I, I'm not that – I don't wish any ill will on Marcus Mariota. I hope his child is a healthy, amazing child. I, I hope all the he gets all the things he wants out of life, but I just don't want him as our quarterback nope, anymore. I'm sorry. Anymore. You can I'm, be a heck of a person, but the Marcus Mariota experiment, which I said – you heard me at the beginning of the year. I said, hey, Atlanta, whether you like it or whether you're not, he's our guy until he's not our guy. Now – Arthur Smith is, seems to be a little gun shy, but I'm telling you right now, you don't have to be an NFL coach. And, and Atlanta fans, you're safe. When, when I see you on Twitter, you're marked safe from me. Yes, you don't have to be an NFL coach to know that Marcus Mariota is not going to work out as the starter. He's not going to get us where we need to be. He was a, a holdover, a stopgap, whatever you want to call it. He was serviceable, but it's time. It really is time. And because now at 5-8, and eight, how could you even say he gives us a chance to win the division? You can't. The South. He, he's he's not. He's not our best option. Could, boy, I mean, if they rattled off four, you know, and, and finished up nine and eight, I don't see that happening, but what a story it would be. I don't know. I mean, do the Falcons win another game? I, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I thought they could beat Pittsburgh, uh, but, you know. They could have beat Pittsburgh. Yeah. But Mariota. <laughs> well, in a, in a in a horrible pass interference, no call. But the Commanders, Mariota, you know. Uh, so I don't. I mean, we got Saints, Ravens, Falcons, or the, Saints, Ravens, Cardinals, Bucks. The first Saints game. Uh, yeah, that was also Mariota. Mariota. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Should be able to beat the Saints. I don't think we beat the Ravens. Saints and Cardinals. I'll give the Falcons those. I think they've. I think they win. They're, they're seven and ten. That's what I'll say. Seven and ten. Well, we might. We might catch the Ravens without um, Lamar and Patrick Queen. Hmm? Not, not that that. Not that that means anything because they have a hell of a backup quarterback and their defense is still extremely solid. But of course, it it just it. It opens up for there to be a chance. Well, I'm not we having all, a good time right now. We also know that Atlanta's trash on the road, and guess where we play the Saints. In well, New Orleans. Well, well, well maybe, <laughs> maybe Atlanta's not trash on the road. We got the Ravens on the road. <laughs> but again, maybe maybe it wasn't all of Atlanta that's trash on the road. So maybe I can make the Cardinals game. That's, that's January 1st. Maybe I can do that. That's going to be a sweet weekend for me. It's Hawks. always a sweet weekend for you. You always got something because you're Hawks. a swinging bachelor, you know. Hawks-Lakers on Friday. Georgia, Ohio State on Saturday. Yeah. Falcons, Cardinals, Falcons on Sunday. Cardinals on Sunday. So what a new year! And again, it's been a season. We kind of thought this was going to happen, uh, Mark. I mean, you said it. Like I would like. Well, half of your prediction or half of your wish list came true. Like, yes, the Falcons have been in games, but they haven't improved or made improvements. And Marcus Mariota has been the big reason for that. But kind of par for the course of the falcon season we thought we would have they gave us a little glimmer of hope there for a minute we're like oh man we we could win 10 or 11 games <laughs> you know like it did it really did look and seem like the schedule was lining up and the, the way they were playing and kind of coming together that it could happen but it didn't and Mar- mario does a big reason for it he just doesn't not the dude so let's quit beating that horse um you know falcons yeah our next game we got the saints in new orleans falcons are one and five on the road if if ritter doesn't start Maybe Mariota comes into the first quarter, and if nothing's cooking, they're like, all right, guy, you got to go. 
That, that's what I'll say. Yeah, and but who knows between now and then. Like that. That's what I'm. Man, all I know is once Ritter comes in, Ritter's not coming out. Not for the rest of the season. Oh no, yeah, I, I think that's that's going to be that's my prediction. My bull prediction is Mariota starts the game Sunday, but he doesn't finish it, and then Ritter takes us on through the end of the year. That's my prediction. So okay. we'll we'll see how that shakes out. We'll see if I was right on the next episode. But so getting ready to wrap this thing up. I know we have to talk some Hawks. There's been a little friction in Hawksland. Him and Nate, Trey and Nate, were not on, aligned on on the shoulder injury and. I think st- things are still fine in Atlanta, but it's. it's I need little, Trey to stop being a little bitch. It's a little unnerving. Uh, I'm, I'm his biggest fan. I'm uh, one of his biggest fans, but you got to stop with the whiny bullshit. You got to stop if you don't like the coach. I mean, we've already we, we're already down one coach because you guys didn't get along, and we got Nate in here, and we did some special stuff with Nate, and and Nate's gonna be Nate, and I don't I don't know exactly what happened. We've got all the reports uh, of what transpired but you know i was i was at that game i was at the nuggets game and that was a well-oiled machine with a bunch of young dudes out there that beat a jamal murray aaron gordon uh nikola jokic led denver nuggets who if i'm not mistaken is the second best team in the west went out there and and beat them that was a good solid game ball movement everywhere just a, a top to bottom a good basketball game and you're not in the building. Injured injured John Collins in a boot on the bench. Injured DeAndre Hunter on the bench. You are not in the building because of some bullshit argument, some diva shit that you want to pull. Like I I love him to death, but he needs to grow the hell up, man. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's part of the problem, you know. Uh, uh, Nate talked about him being more vocal and taking a bigger leadership role, you know. Uh, I mean, the Hawks are sitting at 13-11, and 11, which I thought they'd be a little better, but again, still a long season. They're still in the hunt, but... But look at what happens. Look at what we have still the same injuries. We get Trey back against a very, a, a not very good Oklahoma City team, and we blow it, a blow a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Kind of makes you wonder when people are going to start talking about chasing Trey Young out of town. <laughs> it's, I don't think it's well, time. No, but, but that's the thing, and I've listened to a lot of a lot of sports talk since it went down, and I've heard everybody say what they're saying, and nobody nobody wants Trey to leave. We want Trey here. I want Trey to be accountable. I want Trey to be a leader. I don't want I don't want him I don't want him whining all the time. That's not yeah. it. That's not gonna That's not gonna do it. That's not gonna. Your team's not going to want to play for and with you in those moments. Like you, you bailed. And I, th- I think what it said was he said either come, you can come off the bench or don't come at all for mission shoot around. And Trey just chose not at all. Yeah, I don't. <clears throat> I just don't. I don't get it. And and then you double down. You don't. You don't like apologize. Like that was a bad decision. I made the wrong decision. Heat of the moment. I apologize. It'll never happen again. My bad. Like none of that, nothing. Yeah. You just Zach Klein hit you with the with the Connie Chung tough questions with the boom mic, and you just go you go fetal. Are you going to call me out like that? Yes, man. That's his job. He's going to ask you mm-hmm. about what happened. That that's what he does. And if if you're upset about that, man, grow up. Grow up. That's what I was going to say. I think that I think the words are grow up. And I could also say if we wanted to deal with this crap, we'd go get LeBitch. 
out in L.A. and bring him in here and listen to him cry and whine and bitch and moan all day. Just shut up and play basketball. Like You knew it was coming, Malcolm. Lead this team. Grow up. And, 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 and again, what is Trey, 24? Yeah, young. Yeah. Trey so, is young. You know, and, and again, I don't, I don't want to say that it's an NBA thing, but yeah, a lot of young, younger NBA players with with flash and talent and money. They, I don't know, they tend to be a little. Yeah, but this, you know, but that's an, it's the problem is it is it, it's turning, it's turning whiny, yeah, whiny and and entitled, and that's just not it's not it. It's not it. It's not the. He's not. That's not the villain in Madison Square Garden. That's not the same guy. Yeah, right. That guy. That guy's not. Not showing up to the game. So I. I don't know what it is. I. I sincerely hope it goes away soon, or or they they shake hands and figure it out, or or come to some sort of some sort of conclusion. Well, supposedly it's squashed, but you know, again, another thing too. I mean, may, maybe the maybe fatherhood's messing with him. He's a brand new father. Sure, I, I'm willing to concede that. Maybe, maybe that's messing with him a little bit. Who knows? He's a brand. I mean, that baby is a brand new baby. Yeah. So maybe that's, you know, things at home. Uh, you know, staying up late or you know he's stressed. You know, I don't know. Who knows? That's it's his personal life, and it ain't it had nothing to do with me. But yeah, sometimes when people get brand new babies, and, and man, and the the thought of fatherhood, it kind of fucks with their head a little bit because they're like, oh my god, I'm someone's father. I'm I'm responsible for this tiny life. I have to keep this baby alive, and but I'm also expected to be the uh, leader of a NBA franchise, and it's, it can be a lot of pressure. So maybe maybe the pressure, you know, I'd be I, I think Trey has earned that much, you know, but I will say this: if it's growing pains and it's I'm a new father and I, and there's a pressure of being the face of an NBA franchise and with a title and all all that's kind of messing with him. You better get a you better get a mentor or something in here real quick. You better go talk to a therapist. You better talk to your teammates. Something anything. Straighten it please. out. Because guess what? All they're all they're going to start saying is we should have got Luca. Well, the, the Luca Doncic uh, comparisons will not. They're they're always there, but with the fan base and and, and other people, the, the pundits. You know, hey, did, did Atlanta mess up by getting Trey Young? If this continues to be some sort of issue or some sort of irritation, because it's a distraction is what it is. It's a distraction. We don't need you and your attitude and and you're being butthurt about a, how a shoulder injury was being handled by your coach to be a distraction to the task at hand, which is bringing a championship to Atlanta. That's why you're here, Trey. That's why we drafted you. That's why we got you DeJounte Murray. That's why we got you to A.J. Griffin. That's what, we're building a team around you. You're the centerpiece of what we hope is a championship organization in Atlanta, yep. in the NBA. And if you got a problem with that, talk to somebody. If you can't handle it, let's figure out how to handle it. Because if you can't, we got to start looking for the for the leader. Who's the leader of this team? And again, we love you. Just stop being a bitch. Yeah. So that leads me. Oh, let's see. We talked some Georgia. We talked some Braves and Alabama and playoffs and and all the other things. But the one thing we didn't talk about is New Jack City. I haven't asked you. You went and saw the stage version of New Jack City at what is it, Cobb Energy? It it was incredible. <laughs> I figured as much. I, I had it. no I really had no idea what to expect going into it. And at dinner, uh 
fantastic dinner, by the way. CNS Seafood down there by the Vinings. Mm-hmm. I've heard of them. Awesome dinner. But at dinner, I found out that neither my brother nor my son had seen the actual movie. What? So, and that was my initial reaction. But then I was like, this is going to be really fucking weird for you guys. Yeah. It's going to be really, really weird. Yeah. Which was great because I got to watch the play and then I got to like side eye, see what their reaction was. And I, I think they both enjoyed it. Like it was, it was, it was kind of comical for them not to know what the movie was, but like towards the end of the play, like where I, I guess the climax of the movie would have been in the play, like in the background, they were showing scenes from the movie as they were like right after they happened on stage, they were showing like the, the Wesley Snipes. Judd Nelson. Who was Judd? Who was Judd Nelson? Uh, I don't, I don't know his name. I, but he was, he was, he was pretty funny. Well, well, please tell me that your son and your brother have have done their homework and they've now seen the movie or, or there's a night being planned for the holidays. There there is a, there is a planned evening. It's like, look, Harrison, I need to talk to you. Harrison, you're 21. You're 21. Now you're, you're a man. You've been a man since you were 18 because you can be drafted, but there's no excuse for you to be a grown man and not have seen New Jack City. Well, there's I have I have a list of movies, <laughs> and we we attack them when it, like going to see Eight Mile. That was that was on the list. He'd just never seen it, and then it just so happened to pop up in the movie theaters. So that was perfect timing. But I have a whole list of movies that he needs to go back and watch. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, oh man. It, it was super cool. So Tretch from Naughty by Nature. Uh, yeah, I remember you telling me that. Played Nino. G Money, uh I always forget his name, but he played himself. Same same actor. Um and then Big Daddy Kane played the uh police lieutenant. Yeah. It was oh man. Big Daddy Kane. Did they play the song? Oh yeah. New Jack Hustler. Oh, it man, it was like I wish I could have taken video of it. So probably just, no cameras, I'm sure. Well, I bet I could YouTube it and find some from some. Is it yeah. like a traveling play, or was it just in Atlanta, or is it going to be another? No, it's it's moving around the country. Okay. Um, man, we should go to New York and see New Jack City. Yep. New Jack City, it, Times Square. It's probably book the trip. It, so, man, they even had uh, they even had a jeep on stage. What, however they do it on for the play, but they they slid a jeep out, just nice. like the jeep they rode around in in the movie. Man, it was it was cool. I I enjoyed it. Like it was like it it was awesome. It was funny. Like it it was everything that I could have ever hoped for. And I looked over a couple times, and the two of them were just like, I, I don't know if they just thought it was cheesy or didn't didn't really know what was going on. Um, but man, God, it was funny. The dude um, that played Pookie was <laughs> fantastic too. It it was just good, man. It was good. Maybe maybe once they see the movie, they'll appreciate it. I don't know, but <clears throat> that about wraps it up. But I figured since we're we're getting close to the holiday season, and I want to make an announcement. Uh, look for myself and Mark uh, at one point or another. Uh, Mr. Will McFadden from the Falcons Believe in Falcons podcast is going to be a new dad at the end of the year. And he's going on maternity leave. And Jenna Duddleston, our producer, said, Robert, I thought about you and Mark down there that maybe you could help cover. I'm actually going to meet Ovi and those guys tonight. And then you're going to see Mark 
or me or both of us or just me or just however it shakes out over the next six weeks starting towards the end of the year on the Believe in Falcons uh, podcast with Ovi. So that's going to be cool. But I was going to say to end the show, favorite Christmas song, favorite Christmas movie. And my favorite Christmas song of all time is Christmas Baby, Please Come Home by Darlene Love, who's also Roger Murtaugh's wife in Lethal Weapon. But it also is the song that's playing when Gremlins starts. Favorite Christmas movie has got to be a little tough, but I'm going to go with a Christmas story. Just because as being a kid, you know, there was, it always played. And I don't know if it was just, you know, in Atlanta or in the South or whatever, because it was TNT and Superstation, but it would play for 24 hours straight. And that movie, and I'm not going to watch the new one because I told my nephew, I was like, you know, as, as you get older, the little things in life that bring that little sparkle of magic into your soul, they start to fade. You know, your, your, your heroes, your sports heroes start dying, your rock and roll heroes start dying and, and this and that. And I said, I don't want that. That movie still at Christmas time still brings a little bit of magic to the table. And I'm not going to ruin it by watching Ralphie and flick drink in a bar because they're grown. I said, I, I don't, I'm staying away from it. I don't, it could be great. It could be funny, but I will never see it because the magic and, and the merriment that is a Christmas story is that's just, that's where I'm leaving it. But so I got those two song. Christmas and Hollis run DMC. Movie is impossible to nail down, but if I have to choose and I'll take Die Hard off the table for this one. Is a Christmas movie, by the way. Uh it it's man, it's definitely Die Hard, but um with that off the table, it'd have to be Christmas vacation. All right, Christmas vacation, there you have it. I got some neighbors that are like the Griswolds with the Christmas lights. I'm still trying to convince Valerie to let me hang some up outside. We got the tree up. It's been up for a while. But, yeah, I I'm a, I, I like Christmas. I'm a Christmas guy. I like the time of the year, man. You always see uh, people you haven't seen in a while or family or there's some sort of cool party or whatever. But I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm going all out and trying to get some lights. And I like the projector stuff that you see. I want that on the house. But she says it's tacky. But I'm like, well, it was like some snowflakes or something. I don't know. I'm not going for like the giant inflatable Santa and all that, but so, okay. We did movie. Let's do one last one. Then we'll get out of here. Favorite Christmas special. Cause there's movies and then there's specials. CBS and, you know, frosty and, and all that stuff. How the Grinch favorite Christmas special. And then we'll, then we'll get out of here. That one's, that one's, ugh. It's a tough one, though. It's a it's a toss up between Rudolph and Frosty. Oh man, I'm Rudolph all day. Rudolph the red nosed reindeer, I love it. Yukon Cornelius, the crazy uh, what is it? The Bumble, all that. Yeah, I mean, they're both awesome. I'll tell you what puts it over the top for me is uh, the elf who wants to be the dentist. I can't. I want to say his name's Randall or something, but I don't remember off the top of my head. I bought Rudolph. I have it on Apple TV. I can watch it whenever I want. And Rudolph and Yukon Cornelius, they're all on the big uh, iceberg 
and they're floating through the fog and they're just wondering, you know, uh, getting into the adventure and, and Yukon Cornelius goes, man, this fog is as thick as peanut butter soup. And the little elf goes, um, Yukon, you mean pea soup. And he looks at him and goes, you eat what you like and I'll eat what I like. So I, it cracks me up all the time. Sold. <laughs> that's, well, that's what puts it over the top for me. But hey, man, uh, that's all we got for today. But we're going to be back. Uh, you know, we, we may take some holidays off at the end of the year to, to get all the studio dialed back in and everything. But, uh, you know, stay with us. If we don't see you or hear from you before then, have a safe and happy holidays. We're not done yet. We, we got some more episodes. But, man, everybody, get your shopping done. Get out and see some Christmas lights. Get your Amazon packages going because I'm telling you, you're going to turn around and it's going to be Christmas Eve and you're going to be up the creek without a paddle. But until then, we got a lot to look forward. We got Georgia playing a national title potentially. We're, we're still waiting for Dansby to get signed. What's going to happen with the Falcons and their quarterback situation? More importantly, the draft. So much fun stuff to talk about. So much fun things to look forward to. Until next time, Atlanta fans, you guys be good, but we got to go. Do you believe?